It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast that's absolutely pumping it up. Don't you, you got know, to bump, pump, pump it, it up. up. You, you got, got to bump, bump it, up. it up. We were pumping it up. You were pumping it up for a half an hour for the podcast, Banks, and now I can't get it out of my head. I keep pumping it the hell up. I might be raising the pump it up for the entire show as we just mm. sit in. You're like, the, go you're like the you're like the hawk, the St. Joe's hawk. You just keep flapping your wings. <laughs> you just keep flapping you just your wings. The, the hawk will time. never die. The hawk will never die. Um, yeah, I mean the pump it up. Once it gets in your head, it doesn't stop. It doesn't <laughs> stop. All stemming from the debut of Big Booty Mix Twenty One on Saturday night. Um, go back and listen to our interview with the makers of the great Big Booty Mix. Uh, two friends from last week's episode. Uh, tremendous. What would you guys rate it? And then we'll move on to sports, but I mean, we were a music podcast. 21 out of 10. It's, okay. it's up there for me. It's, it's definitely in my, it's in my, it's in my favorites. I don't know where exactly. I, I still, I'm still going to let it digest. I listened to it again today. I, I, I'm, I was very, very, I, I was thrilled with how it turned out. Like at the end of it, I was like, that was, awesome like i i want to and as soon as i was able to re-listen to it i did and that's it has good playback ability so it's it's up there i don't know where but it's definitely up there the um the story of big booty man also continues yeah 10 14 that's huge that's huge we should do a starting five of people who need who most desperately need gluteum that's interesting. Mm. Top five people who remind you of Askless Jack. Ooh. That would be so insulting. <laughs> insulting. That would be so unbelievably insulting. Wow. I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> the nation of Zimbabwe. Justin Verlander. High on the list. Yeah. I, I do. We do have to get this show back to sports, obviously, a sports podcast. So let's start off with the big, big story in Baltimore sports. Matt Harvey, 60 day suspension. Your thoughts, RDT? No, 60 game, <laughs> not 60 day. Oh, I have 60 day written down. 60 game, excuse me. Oh, even worse. Even Rich, worse. Du- Rich Dubroff. Oh, um, no, Matt Harvey. He clarified it that it was 60 games and not 60 days. Oh, thank you to Rich. Appreciate yeah. that. Um, Tough to lose the dark night at this point in the season. He well, he's been still a- he's still rehabbing. So and it's already it's retroactive <laughs> to April. So I don't think Taylor's being and, serious when he's saying this is a storyline. You know, it is. I don't know. It's a decent <laughs> no, I mean, story for the pitching strapped Orioles. You just never knew. No, they'll be fine because Grayson struck out eleven tonight. <laughs> Did you say you never knew? Is that was that like a Canadian? You thing? never you never never knew. <laughs> Did I, I say know. that? I don't know. I'm absolutely off the rails after the pump it up. My, I may never get the trade back on the tracks here. Um, we've 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 okay. We've gone through two friends. We've gone through Matt Harvey. Let's get to Adley Watch. When is this guy planned for the Orioles? RDT. The, I, the I, Orioles Twitter is an absolute scene. People are talking about going after Mike Elias. Everyone, what he wants this guy up yesterday. We're talking about whether you can catch two games in a row or four and five days or whatever the hell. When it stake it, RDT, you're the king of Orioles Twitter. You, you're the man in the know. You're the, you're our guy. When is this guy suiting up for the Orioles? Put everyone's mind at peace. Get everyone back together, back unified behind the team in Adley. When's he? When's he coming up? I I think it'll be Friday. I think it'll be this Friday wow. against the Rays. Yeah. Um, obviously I, I thought it would be Monday last week. And then when I kind of figured that the timetable wasn't going to work out, I quickly bought tickets for Friday. I was at Monday's game. Um, 
I think it'll be Friday. I know Grayson went tonight. I, I thought he was scheduled to go tomorrow. So my my thought was that they were going to let him catch Grayson one more time um, on Wednesday, announce it after the game, and then call him up for Friday. Um, they didn't do that. Well, they, they haven't done it yet. But Grayson went tonight, struck out again 11. Grayson looked awesome. He looked like he was the guy who was itching for a come up because he's he was hitting 99. Adley hit 112-mile-an-hour home run. Um I, I think he's ready. And like, I think what people don't understand is like, they're still slowly working him back because they want him to catch, like you said, Taylor, back to back games, three out of four, you know, six out of seven, eight out of nine games. And that's what they're trying to work him up to do. And people are like, well, why can't you do that at the big league level? So because again, they're still, they're slowly working him back. If they would have brought him up too quick, then people would have been like, I can't believe they rushed him back up on a tricep injury. Um, like you said, everyone is freaking out and it's the worst. Like, it's it's just it's a nightmare because people think Mike Elias owes them like he needs to come out and give us a statement and tell us why Adley's not up. It's like no the fuck he doesn't. Like in what what world does that happen? That doesn't happen. Like be the most ridiculous statement since James Jones came out with the statement for the Suns today explaining why the team laid a forty point egg on Sunday night. Hey, I, I was Elias, shocked. Mike Elias. Mike Elias would win for worst statement of the week if he came out. I was after that shocked one. that a Chris Paul led team absolutely pissed down their leg oh you just sorry ryan it's it's i mean it's it's bad tough no i mean they 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 Um, they blew it be weird be two two teams that wear orange and black uh, they're orange and purple sure but they have some black yeah Yeah, yeah, you're right you know no you're right um no but i i really do think it'll be friday and again i don't i don't have any inside knowledge i've asked hitting coaches at norfolk i've asked teammates i've shot dms to adley himself i'm asking anyone and everyone like when wow. i just found out adley's Reporting. mom follows me on twitter and i didn't follow her back so i feel like an ass now so i'm 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 trying i'm exhausting all options we'll say that i and again based on my just my guessment i think it'll be friday so i think it would be cool if it was um and again i don't know if maybe they haven't because he caught tuesday if they have him catch wednesday Thursday, they have a day game, so they can have him catch three games in a row, and that'll be six out of seven or five out of six, whatever it is. Then I think you make that announcement after Thursday's game, and you give it some time to let people get excited, go out and buy tickets, and then Friday night, you have a sellout for the 30th anniversary celebration at Camden Yards. You're getting a sick tumbler, too, first 10,000 fans. So you may want to get in line a little early if uh, you want that tumbler. But, yeah, I, don't, I, I think it'll be Friday. Um, if not Orioles Twitter, I, I may just log off like for good. I just, I can't deal with, with the nonsense on there. So Back if we're, doing, be, if we're doing a guess, I'll say skin, man, hmm? get a gross some Twitter skin. Oh, I have it. It's just, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's stuff it's out there course. for play. I get it. Banks. <laughs> what's your, what would be your out of 10, anticipation for the Adley Rushman debut. Are you over it or are you still all in? I'm all in. I mean, I'm ready for it. I, I kind of wish that it had happened already. I wish, of course we, we all wish that he didn't get hurt in spring training. Cause I think the consensus is that he would have been up there day one. And um, you just don't know what a player like that, you know, we know his ability and what he can do, how much that'll show from day one is, you know, up in the air, but I think just the energy of having him on a team will just kind of elevate everyone's energy as a whole, just because it's, it's, 
it's making a statement. It's saying, Hey, we're ready to go. We're ready to start to, to try to make this thing, you know, better and make it a contending baseball team. And, and we're done trying to, you know, maybe we're still in a rebuilding process, but we're kind of on the come up here. So I'm excited and I'm ready for that to happen. And, um, you know, I'm not like going crazy like all these people on Earl's Twitter are about like, oh my God, why is knee up all those things? Like I want as much as anybody, but um, when I, I put some trust into the organization, even though they probably haven't earned it, <laughs> to be honest, I put some trust that they know when is the right time to pull the trigger and kind of hit the gas with not just him, but everyone else that is uh, in the pipeline. It feels like it's going to be a huge deal when it happens and all this consternation will just go away once it's announced. But right now, I mean, this is what people want. Orioles lose tonight to the Yankees that are literally just lost, I think. I think the final out was just recorded. Yeah, right? so you can, five, five, four. Yeah, five, four. You know, they, they continue to compete, but you got to start bringing up these guys if you know they want to have this you know kind of semi-nice start. I say that as to a team that's eight games under 500, but yeah, semi-nice you know, to some degree – to some degree, the fact that they haven't called him up says to me that there's a plan. And if there's a plan, that's at least giving me some peace of mind because I, I don't know if you could say the same about, I don't know, 12 years ago when Weeders was coming up and, and whatever year those were and all those other prospects that came up at various times. It never felt like the organization had a clear, concise plan as to what their order of operations were going to be, as to when they were going to try to turn things around. Whereas with this, it at least seems like there's, you know, a roadmap to what they're going to do and when they're going to do it. So um, even though I'd love to see him up now and see him up yesterday, it just, you know, it's just not the case. And there's some peace of mind at play, just knowing that there's, you know, they're, they're being conscious about it. They're not just, you know, going at the whims of Twitter, you know, like, if they're starting to listen to Twitter and all that stuff, that could be problematic. That's the thing. Like Michael Elias, again, like I, we don't have to explain it. And I sent you guys a little something on the phone that we have ready for when he, when Adley comes up. Um, But Michael Elias, again, he's built champion. He's been a part of building championship teams. Like he knows what he's doing and he's not going to listen to Joe Schmo with 80 followers on Twitter demanding that they call him up. And like, I mean, that's a, that's a great point you made with, um, the weeders and the plan because I'm with you because it seemed like they just the Orioles were stuck in that just constant like they don't know what they are back in what 2010 or 2011 whenever they called them up when I whenever they called weeders up I think it was 2009 actually um yeah. whatever year it was but yeah they they just kind of were like uh yeah he's good let's let's bring him up let's just we'll we'll put him up because he's ready and like you said with this one it seems like they have a plan and and like again I'll give credit to to Elias and and sig and who anyone else involved in it like for not budging just be just because he's like oh yeah he, he looks ready he's fine right now you know again there's no reason to rush him everyone wants to see him obviously everyone is like flipping out because they want him up here and he's doing he's not doing really well at triple at triple a obviously right now i think he was batting a buck 90 coming in which has nothing to do with it i don't care about that at all like that means zero to me he performed well last year in 50 60 games whatever it was but like you said, I'm just I'm happy that Elias wasn't like the first sign that like, oh, he's ready and good to go. Let's throw him in there and, you know, we'll, we'll get him going. So I'm with you. I think they definitely have a plan. I think they know what they're doing. 
we just, people just have to be patient. Everyone is so impatient. And maybe if they hadn't lost, I think it's six games in a row now or whatever, seven of eight, something like that. If lost they hadn't lost that, then, then who knows? Then maybe, maybe people wouldn't be on such on edge, but it's like, everyone just take a deep breath. Like it'll be fine. Like everyone's going to forget this when he hits his first home run next week. And, and we're all going to be going nuts. The only thing I will say in defense of people's overall frustration is, you know, if you're an Orioles fan, you're like, well, I've been super patient. Like we've just sucked and sucked and sucked and sucked and sucked. And now this guy is right here and he's not 20, he's 24. Mm -hmm. And I know the whole thing is like, well, he just turned 24 and you get into all the weeds there, but it's still like, you know, he's 24, he's not 19, you know? I kind of understand the like, okay, like you don't need to give us the guy that got drafted out of high school, but the kid that was a, you know, studying college who came out as a junior who, you know, those guys are rocket to the bigs at this point. Like the, the, like the stud college juniors, if those guys aren't in the majors in, you know, two years, it's like, well, what's going on? I mean, at least yeah, the ones that get picked in the first round. Like, so that I, I sort of get that consternation. I agree with you guys in terms of if there's a plan being executed, you want to trust that plan. You hope that that's happening. But I also understand people being like, okay, I've waited. This is the guy that's clearly ready. This is the guy that, you know, is, it, it, it seemed ready right when he got drafted. Right. Like it's like, oh, this guy will vanish for like three months and COVID's happened. And there's a bunch of things that happened, but you know, so I get where that point of view is coming from, but I think overall um, people will be rewarded. Oh, you know, for uh, for sure. I mean, I, I definitely see, again, where they're coming from and why they want him up. And again, nobody foresaw COVID and, and the, the, the camp that they had to go to and losing a full year of minor league baseball. But it's also like I get, the injury is what throws everything off. That's because, again, I think we're, we're all pretty – we know that if he was not injured, he probably either would have made the opening day lineup or he would have been up a week after, two weeks after, whatever. So it's like it's very clear that's – that's the reason that they're holding him back is again, because of the injury. And again, it's, that's all you need is something for an elbow or a shoulder like that. And then again, boom, it's another year. And then now we're sitting on our hands for another year waiting for that. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it, and it does kind of favor in the Orioles way that none of the other rookies who got called up right away were exactly tearing up MLB. Like Bobby Witt is, you know, he's doing okay. He started to hit recently. Julio Rodriguez was awful for the first like three weeks. Torkelson has not been that good. So a lot of those guys, you know, it's they they haven't been performing. So it's kind of like, all right, well, kind of take some of the pressure off them because if they were all performing, then the heat in the Orioles kitchen would have been turned up so much more. Being like, you know, look at Bobby Witt down in Kansas City and look at Julio Rodriguez, what he's doing in Seattle. It's like, no, they're actually really bad. Like they'll be fine, but I don't know. Again, I think I think. The day that that it happens, it's it's and again, I think it's it's going to be soon. I I think I truly believe, but I I think everyone everyone's gonna forget about it, and it's going to be like a, a day of celebration almost. Like it's 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 gonna be such a weird day on Twitter. It's it's I I can't wait for it, and it's it'll be a wild one. But I'm uh I'm excited, and like you said, I hope it's soon. I hope it was yesterday. Like I wish it was yesterday, but again, like flipping out and people like name calling and getting into arguments on Twitter over it. Like that's not going to do anything. <laughs> like that's when it was like, come on guys. Like we all want him up. We were all rooting for the Orioles to win. Like we're not, we're, you know, let's stop all this. Like the childish stuff on Twitter. I love when just, you know, 
different guys are now getting called up or roster moves are being made. And that's like the only thing that kind of stinks for those people. I, I will say, cause I have alerts on for rock. I have alerts on for the Orioles. I have alerts on for Adley. I have them on for like a couple other people. And the second that I saw, you know, I think yesterday there was a couple and today there was one where it's like, I see the Orioles tweet and I look at it or rock tweets and I click on it. And all I see is the Orioles have made a roster move. My heart, like, you know, I'm like, holy shit, this is it. And then it's like, oh, no, it's Nick Vespi, who I know, and who's an awesome guy. He's zero ERA in 14 appearances this year. Like, that's great. But, yeah, you got all these people getting mad with, like, Ryland Bannon getting called up. And people are like, well, why, why Ryland and not Adley? Just fucking calm down. Like, chill. It'll be fine. We'll get through this. But RDT's message to Orioles fans, chill. It's, it's the Aaron Rodgers. Just relax. Just chill. Not eight games under, nine games under. Like, yeah, I was about to say it's now just become the dominant storyline because the team is also just losing. So there's no like fun, you know. Oh, the pitching's great. And like when you lose five in a row, it's now what's going to make the team better. Um, let's move on. Ravens schedule. We had schedule day. Um, one of Banks's great days in the sunshine as a scoops guy. We have a Ravens schedule now in front of us, and I will run you through it. They start at the Jets. They then go home for the Dolphins. At the Patriots, home for the Bills, home for the Bengals, at the Giants, home for the Browns, at the Bucks, at the Saints, by week 10, home for the Panthers, at the Jags, Denver at home, Steelers on the road, Browns on the road, Falcons at home on Christmas Eve, Steelers at home on January 1st, and then the Bengals to finish it off on the road. Four straight against the AFC East to start the schedule. Um, I guess the most notable games would be a home primetime game week five against Cincinnati at Tom Brady and the Bucks on prime video on a Thursday night uh, in week eight ESPN Monday night football week nine at the Saints um, are your three primetime games. And then home for Buffalo one o'clock week four is a CBS game. Um, the Steelers games are two one o'clock games on the 11th and then January, December 11th to January 1st. And obviously the Bengals could easily be a primetime game to finish the Browns game, December, excuse me, the Browns game week 15 is also a flex 17th or 18th. And then obviously any of those games late can get flexes in the night, blah, 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 whatever. Overall, it feels like a pretty manageable schedule, at least in my eyes, you have games, you know, Obviously, the Jags is not a, is just a, a random game you get. That's a great one to get. Um, your AFC East games feel manageable. You know, a, the Jets feels like a team that maybe will get better as the season goes on with a lot of new pieces. You get them week one. You get the Patriots week two, or excuse me, the Dolphins week two. They're probably going to still be figuring out who the hell knows with Tua. Um, and, you know, you see the Bills in that week four game. Maybe your 3-0 and after winning at the Patriots will be a tough game, but um overall what do you guys banks i'll start with you what do you think of the schedule uh week 10 is kind of a middle of the road bye feels a good bye right in the middle of the season um to have just in case you're maybe struggling a little bit coming off the bucks and the saints games but um feels like a, you know i know it's easy for us to look at the schedule like all oh, the ravens are gonna win every game but um certainly some tough stretches but um looks like a pretty fun schedule yeah first of all nobody gave me credit yet again um as is tradition uh for breaking the schedule it is what it is um, but when a schedule comes out, schedule release week, day, whatever, there's <clears throat> probably three or four things that you're looking for because you know what the opponents are and where the games are going to be. So you just, you, you root for there not to be any weird 
like timing in terms of like uh Sunday to Thursday where it's like two divisional games and it just feels like you got a bad end, you know, a bad deal on that. Uh, you look for the primetime games, you look for the bye week. That's pretty much it. Uh, and you look for opportunities to try to build in trips if you've got, you know, that kind of time or money to do that. And I love where that New Orleans game is because you got Alabama LSU in Baton Rouge, November 5th, two days before it. So you make a nice little trip out of that if you, if you can swing it. Um, overall, though, like, there's not really any stretches where they're stacking road games and stacking home games. It alternates pretty well. It feels like we've had a good draw on that front the last handful of years. Um, I'm mostly, if there's any surprises, it's that the Buffalo game is not a primetime game. Because that feels like a game of the year in the AFC, you know, top five game that you can think of, at least in terms of non-divisional games. It's it's going to be two teams that are at the top of their division going head-to-head, and it's early in the season, and it's not prime time. Um, so it's not even in a position where they could flex it if they wanted to. So It's it's like that Chiefs game was a couple years ago. where Didn't they play, like, week two or week three? Like, Well, even last year, too. But that was a prime time. But the, week, the one in Kansas City, that was a 1 o'clock that I, the Chiefs won. That was like a week two or three, I think. Right. The reason, and, and the reason it, and the reason it's not Sunday night is because it's Mahomes Brady. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just I get a stack. That. It's just, just stacks. It's a stack slate. Maybe they could have done a better job moving that game to a different day to put it in prime time. But by the way, that's a hell of a day. Lamar Jackson against Josh Allen at one o'clock. And then Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes at eight twenty. That is, that is pretty fun. And it's Green spicy, Bay, New right? England, 425 mm. in Lambeau. It's a good day of games. Yeah, it's uh, it's surprising. Um, it's also interesting that we don't play a divisional game until week five. We get all those uh, AFC East games to start off the year, and I kind of feel like we go from most – from easiest to hardest there. You know, my, uh, Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, Buffalo. I think you could maybe interchange Miami and New England, but you're kind of building your way up, uh, up to that Cincinnati game by just kind of challenging yourself a little more. And I, you know, I foresee us being three and zero going into that Buffalo game for sure. I don't know what their first three weeks look like, but again, like stunning to me that that's not a bigger game. Buffalo goes starts the season in the opening game at the Rams, and then right. uh, tennis, then Tennessee. Um, Mon- Monday night, right? Monday night football, I believe a double header, correct? And then, yeah, the second um, game, yeah, and then at the Dolphins. That's tough. I mean, for, for being at the Ravens, that's a tough, that's a pretty tough three game start. You got to go to Tennessee, or excuse me, go to LA to start the year. You got to come back home in front of, you know, you got to play Derrick Henry. Then you got to go to Miami. Everyone will be bullish on Miami. They'll be the Tyree kill. I will be making fun of Tua and they'll be somehow buying into Tua. Hmm. And then, and who knows, maybe Tua will be good. Um, they then go to the. They then host the Steelers and go to Kansas City before they're by. It's a tough first six games for the Bills. It's not easy. Then they're after they're by there. They had Aaron Rodgers <laughs> at home. Jeez, it, it 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 evens out for them. Not that we're you know don't need to go through the Bills schedule, but I agree with you. I think that um, 
I think that's a super interesting first three games to get before you go Bills, Bengals, back-to-back at home. That's a gigantic week at home, mm-hmm. you know, to play probably the, the team that will come in as a divisional favorite, you know, coming off a Super Bowl. And, and the Bills, who at this point, you know, this is a Super Bowl or bust year for them. Um, so that, that's a really, you would hope the Ravens could get the three and zero cause you could easily, I mean, it's two home games. You'd think the Ravens wouldn't lose two consecutive home games, but they're two tough home games. So, you know, if they're three and zero going into those with some momentum, then you've got, I mean, the, the, and not the bank wouldn't be rocking anyway, but it's going to be popping off for those two games, um, for a chance to, you know, you hope to be four and one or five and zero there. Um, and then it gets a little bit easier. Then you're at the Giants. We have no idea what's going on with Deshaun Watson. You kind of wish you'd caught the Bengals, maybe or excuse me, the Browns a little bit earlier because Watson can maybe get like a six game suspension. That kind of feels maybe the way it's going, six or eight. Um, I would kind of be surprised if it's less than that. Uh, but you get them maybe in his debut week seven. That game is also at home. It's a fast, I, it's just a fascinating first nine weeks to me before the bye. A little less afterwards, where you go, Carolina, Jack. You're, you're. I know the Denver has Russell Wilson, but if you're really looking for like a nice kind of get momentum before the home stretch, Panthers, Jags, Broncos, especially getting the Broncos at home, it's a nice little stretch uh, before you go at Steelers, at Browns. Falcons is a nice game to get at home. I'm not sure they're going to be any good. Um, so there's, there's, there's definitely wins. To, I mean, obviously, there's, there's. It feels like it's a nicely balanced schedule for the Ravens if they're able to manage that, like. Bills, Bengals stretch, not going to there because then you get the Giants after. I don't think they're going to be any good either. So that's, that's what I was going to say is there's no, what did we call it last year? The gauntlet. There was no week 12 through 16 or 17 or whatever it was. But if there was one, like I said, it's that week four Bills, week five Bengals. You got, you get that game against the Giants, which is blah, whatever. And then seven against the Browns. Like you said, we don't know. Who's going to be there? It's good. I mean, it's all going to depend on if Sean Watson's there. That could be a, a game that's a little bit easier for you to play at home. Then you obviously go on a short week. You go to the Bucks, which will yeah, be a really tough game to win. Yeah, but again, other other than that, I mean, it's like like you said, Banks. I think you said it in the blog, like you know that Saints. Because again, who knows what they're going to be too? Um, by and then coming out of that with Carolina and Jacksonville, that's kind of like, all right, well, it, this may backfire, but it's kind of like you know what you got two cupcake games right after your buy so it's you know maybe you can rest some guys and get it get them get them healthy if if you need you know if you have injuries so yeah you think like, the stretch after that denver pittsburgh cleveland atlanta pittsburgh i'm not scared of any of those teams i, I think there's a perception that people are supposed to be scared of the broncos i think that they're the team they're your classic team this year that's like oh they got one player but everybody forgets about the rest of the roster the fact that it's actually not that great a roster they're the Browns then, like, you know, the last couple of years. Like, oh, watch out for the Browns. And it's like, okay, show us. And if they do something, they do something. But I think, yeah, the I would agree. going to flop. Yeah. I, I mean, I, obviously, when you have Russell Wilson on the other side, that just makes them naturally more dangerous. But that's also his first season. And who knows what they do with him offensively and if it's any better than what he was doing in Seattle. I agree with you guys. I think that if the Ravens can get to the buy at like, you know, seven and two, seven and two, you feel like you're kind of have a really nice ability after the buy to kind of like rack up wins for the one seed. I mean, I think if, you know, you no harm, no foul going one and one against that Bengals bill stretch. And you would say that, you know, no matter what, they will be a, uh, a dog to the bucks on the road. And that would not, that's going to be a tough game to win on a short week, but, 
you know, that's, I think where you want to be there. I think you, you, you scout out seven and two and that's where you, I mean, if you're not there, maybe that's what you hope for. I think seven, yeah. two is it's potentially on the more ambitious side. I mean, yeah, but, that's, but, 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 but in terms of seven but, and two, I seven and two to me signals like, okay, run toward like home field yeah. throughout the playoffs. Yeah. If you're like five and four, then you're in a little bit of a stretch, but if you're five and four, you get those nice games after, and then you can sort of build, but yeah, um, we're, it's a nice position where we can the, touch the front go. half's harder than the back half is essentially what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. And we can, you would prefer, you kind of reset expectations every bye week like every year anyway, but that especially after they've really been challenged a bit there in that front half, especially those last two Monday night or the uh, primetime games before the bye week. And I think it'll be a really good opportunity to kind of, um, what do we call it? Litmus test games. That's what we like to call. I will say this. If you don't like New York city, there are not a lot of good trips besides New Orleans. That's pretty much the only one. It's not even New York city. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. At new England, eh. at the bucks on a Thursday. So it's not really a trip. Obviously the saints one is good. You maybe stay there until Monday, but at the Jags and then it's the divisional games. I mean, two, two trips to the New New York, New Jersey area, Boston, you know, fine, but it's in, you know, it's in Foxborough. So it's an hour and a half away or whatever it is. Yeah. Not a great, I mean, we had like at Las Vegas last year at, you know, you had some better ones. So it's not a great like road trip, road trip season, I would say, especially when you're getting two trips to this, the same stadium in the first six weeks of the season. So from that perspective, I don't think the Ravens drew that strong. I agree with you in terms of the primetime game for the Bills. I thought that'd be in primetime. I'm a little surprised they don't have one other primetime game lined up after week nine. They don't play. They don't have a primetime game on the schedule, which is pretty surprising considering the star power that Lamar Jackson brings. And maybe the league sees the Ravens on a lower tier this year. It's also just the product of pretty much, I would say every year for a decade, the Ravens Steelers, one of the Ravens Steelers game has been a, you know, primetime game. Put that in pen every single year. It's not the case this year. Maybe it ends up getting flexed to there, but not scheduled as much this year. Um, so at least you get a, a home Sunday game, which I think is a Sunday night game, which is fun. Um, but only one home primetime game on the schedule at this point. So maybe Steelers week 17 gets flexed to that, but not a lot of other options. You're probably only going to see one primetime game at MT Bank Stadium this year, which is kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they have the, the Christmas Eve. And then New Year's, so it's like you're not, you know, you don't get the Christmas Day game, which I don't know if people like that or not. And they don't have a Thanksgiving, right? They do not have a Thanksgiving. I I don't mind having the Christmas Eve one o'clock. I kind of like the Christmas Eve one o'clock. Yeah, I I I would rather not plan Christmas. I just want to celebrate my Christmas. I don't really need to deal with the. Yeah, it's tough. Like, are we gonna we gonna watch a game and then hit mass at five and knock that out and then. Mm, that's interesting. What's, what's I, there's got to be a night game that that night too for Christmas. That's very interesting. What do you do? What do you do from a mass perspective? Let's bring in the real. Let's 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 talk. Let's talk. Let's talk mass. Just hit it. Hit it. Post game uh, at the bank. They should just hold one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bus people to the or just bus people to the basilica. Do one over in the in the parking lot. Just do it in the stadium. The the night game that night is Steelers uh Las Vegas for Christmas uh, from Pittsburgh. 
on uh, Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. The oh. Christmas night game is um, Tampa Cardinals. Tampa Bay at Cardinals. That's a Which, hell of a day. Green Bay at Miami, Denver at L.A., Tampa at Arizona, and then L.A. at Indianapolis is the Monday night game. Big, big Cats theory on the NFL cucking the NBA is like perfect on Christmas Day. Did you, did you oh, hear yeah. that? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's brilliant. I, and that's I, yeah. know what they're doing. Suns, Suns, Nuggets, Lakers, Clippers, Heat, Bucks. Yeah. I mean, those are the teams. Those, those yeah. are the only teams people want to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Raj. Just squashing them like a bug. Raj, yeah. And, and here's the, by the way, Silver, here's the you thing. nerd. Come get they, some. They could have put Jags Vikings on Christmas and we got more ratings in the NBA. That's just kind of how it goes right now. It doesn't really matter who the teams are. Stinks for the NBA, but which is this has always kind of been their day. <laughs> they just get no break. Adam Silver may schedule a game at like 10 a.m. just to kind of get a free window. It's like, all right, the the Knicks, the Knicks at MSG are gonna play. Knicks, 10 and, Knicks and Lakers at 10 a.m. Yeah. 10 a.m. Just, then just, LeBron will just be pissed off the whole time because the early start time. Yeah. What's LeBron? LeBron, LeBron may may take a rest day there and go to the Rams game. Maybe. I mean, hell, season doesn't start till till all-star game or all-star break pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? That'd be tremendous. Uh, it's a yeah, good weekend of games. Philly Philly Dallas is the Fox 425 game. That's a classic Fox game. That's on Saturday. It's awesome. Chargers Colts on that Monday night isn't a bad game either. Yeah. There's uh yeah. It's a good good little good little good new uh could have Jameis versus Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Yee. Ed's been going to have fun with that New game. New Orleans at Cleveland. Oh, that's going to be an all-time. The like, Thursday night game that week, that probably week also is that. Jacksonville at the Jets. Oh, yeah. Get that one out of the way. Whoa. They just kicked that right to Thursday night. So, um, it'll be weird to play a game on New Year's Day. You know, they, yeah, were, they were talking about college football because college football then had to move everything. Yeah. Right? Isn't that what they're doing? I don't remember. I don't. That's very interesting. But I they do have not to. Remember. They have to. They have to. They have. Yeah. <clears throat> They're probably doing. The, the, yeah, the NFL. The NFL just does not care. <laughs> just like the traditional game for all the fun college football bowl games is January first. The NFL says, "Fuck it, we're putting ten games on. We can't. We're not changing our schedule." Oh, you want the Rose Bowl? Sorry, you're. Gonna, yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. gonna get. You're gonna get Falcons Jets, and you're gonna yeah, like. I guess it, like, the the Rose the Rose Bowl is normally like a, I feel like a five o'clock sort of start. Sorry, you're watching Jets at the Seahawks. Yeah, <laughs> Fox. <laughs> guess what? It's gonna be in London too, or something like. They're they definitely didn't move it to January second because ESPN ABC has a game on that. So maybe it is. Maybe it is. So the CFP is on New Year's Eve, Saturday. Wow, what a three-day stretch of football that is. Fiesta and the Peach Bowl. Are those so the Rose Bowl, is the Rose Bowl still January 1st? This would be awesome if they're running the Rose Bowl against NFL games. Oh, people are going to This is out. only the – The Rose Bowl is very traditional. Oh, we should have had this dialed in. This is actually a great – this is actually great. Like, are they, uh, is it considered the 2022 Rose Bowl? It would be considered the 2023 Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. No, they're no, it's getting played January 2nd. Monday. Wow. So they must be playing that before Monday night football on ABC. That's fascinating. That'll be to me. sick. That's That'll be sweet. fun. That's so interesting. The Rose Bowl hates moving the game. Wow. 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 I would love to be a fly on the wall when like that news was like originally coming out. Well, I mean, you got to think ESPN is like, hey, like, 
we need to keep the value of the game. So the New Year's Six. Oh, this is so this this might not be interesting to listeners. This is super interesting to me. Um, so yeah, so you have the Sugar Bowl, the Peach Bowl, and the Fiesta Bowl all on the 31st, which the NFL did not run games on. And that's the NFL would normally be running Saturday games at this point in the year, by the way. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Um, and then the other New Year's six, so they kept all the college football away from away from um unless there's random bowls, which I'm sure there probably are away from the NFL. That's pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah. The Rose bowl at five o'clock. So that'll lead right into that will lead right into Monday night football. Wow. What a day. What a freaking Monday. That's going to be good Lord. They might have to, that might have to be a national holiday at this point. Get ready for those tweets. Yeah. Oh, how, I, how am I supposed to go to work? Super today? Bowl Monday should be a national holiday. Yeah. We fucking know guys. We get it. It's uh, do you guys want to give a quick record prediction for the Ravens in the uh, off the schedule release here? Aren't we going to do a prediction for the uh, for the Jets, like we did for the Raiders last year? We can. Didn't go great for us, but <laughs> no, did did not. I think I said like thirty-seven-seven Ravens. <laughs> I'll go first. Uh, Ravens thirty-one, Jets fourteen. Thirty-seven-seven Ravens. <laughs> Ravens. I do like what the Jets did in the draft this year. Ravens, I just don't know if they're ready. 34 yeah. Jets. Six. Ten. Mm. Do you guys like Zach Wilson? No. Not really. Mm. That's good. <laughs> That's good to determine a lot. Yeah. For the Jets. I do like I like I said, I do like what they did in the draft. I believe the spread on that game is five and a half. I'll give us what it opened at. Did you? I I'll be honest. I don't remember if you said it or not in your blog. Did you give a Ravens record prediction in the blog? Best? I did. You said. I said twelve and five. That feels about right. That feels about right. I'm talking myself into fourteen and three though. I sort of like thirteen and four. You talk for, well. You talked me into seven and two, and then from there I've made it fourteen. <laughs> so. I think seven and two is more in line. The only reason seven and two feels super re- potentially realistic is I just don't see how the Ravens. It, it's all going to matter the first three games to me because I don't see the Ravens losing two in a row at home. That would stun me unless something has gone drastically wrong with this team early in the year. I think they will find enough to beat either the Bengals or the Bills. Good thing we've never seen will... something like that happen to the Ravens. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think they will clearly beat the Giants, clearly beat the Jets, and clearly beat the Dolphins. If you can beat the Patriots, I don't think the Saints are going to be that good. No, I think they're so, going to be bad. I don't think the Browns are going to be that good. Unless I don't even Sean... remember who they named head coach there. Dennis Allen, right? With who? The Saints, Saints? Dennis Isn't Allen. It Dennis Allen? Yeah. That's Dennis Allen. that's not moving the needle for anybody. Nope. I don't know. No. They scared me. Their defense is fine, but the three quarterbacks on the roster are Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, and Ian Book. Like normally going <laughs> into this, normally going into New Orleans, I would be like, oh my God, it's gonna be tough to win in New Orleans. This is not that good of a roster. All, offensively, like I, Taysom Hill's the biggest fraud in the NFL. Oh, he sucks. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. So we'll see. Not, I, I'll say this a manageable Raven schedule, it's not the most fun schedule in the world. It just isn't. 
that's fine. I mean, we, yeah, we, we got the schedule of a last place team, which is you want to try to put some sort of silver lining on last season. That's what it is. We got a relatively easy schedule. So second least amount of miles traveled of anyone in the league. Wow. Steelers is number one, right? Yep. They, Steelers only, they're like 6,000 miles. They don't leave. Yeah. Their they probably, they the difference the between zone. them, whatever miles they're traveling and the, the amount that we are is probably just the fact that they're closer to Cincy and Cleveland than we are. Probably true. So makes it easy when you draw the AFC East and the NFC South. Cause they're just, you're just not traveling that many miles. Yeah. In one season. So we'll see. I, I, that, I think the 12, I think the 12 and five, 13 and four, that type of range feels right. And if it honestly, that's where it needs to be because that's the expectation. So, you know, if we were looking at this and being like, Oh God, they're going to go, you know, 10 and seven. I think the Ravens are going to have a lot of questions to answer if they're 10 and seven, which is crazy to say, because 10 and seven is not a bad record, but not when you, not when the expectations have risen to, you know, Super Bowl championship game type level, which is where it is for the Ravens right now. Um, Big week in Baltimore. I would say the most, would you guys say the Preakness is the most nationally, it's got to be the most nationally notable year-to-year sporting events this area hosts, right? Other than back in the day when we hosted the Baltimore Grand Prix. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got into a conversation with a bartender about that recently. over at The Baltimore Grand Prix? Yeah. And just how crazy the fact that they tried. That was wild. Nuts. Just I drive on the Hanover Street Bridge more than anyone should. And just that alone should let anyone know that there's no business of any sort of racing that should exist on Baltimore roads. By the way, not that Baltimore would have ever gotten an F1 race, but just an amazing job by Baltimore to be like 10 years early and have the raw yeah. version of open wheel racing hosted. Yep. Exactly. Hosting. Not that I actually like IndyCar and I enjoy watching the Indy 500 every year, but I mean, the, the, the that, pictures that of the Baltimore does, Gr- that sport does not move the needle at all. The Baltimore Grand Prix, the pictures are like startling. Just the fact that that was a real thing that happened because we're sitting there at the bar. So I'm talking to the bartender about this. And then there's just some guy who isn't new to town, but was just wasn't in Baltimore at that point in time. And he just literally didn't believe us when we were talking about the fact that they're just racing down Pratt Street. I kind of wish I had gone. I didn't go. I kind of wish I had gone. I'm going to look up some YouTube videos. just to like refresh my. (laughs) There's an article from 2012, how the Grand Prix of Baltimore posed a case study in promotional challenges. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. These pictures do not look real. It is so true. They do not look real. It's so bizarre that this happened. I kind of can't believe I didn't go. I don't even remember when were these, what, like what weekend were these happening? They feel like they just didn't happen, but they obviously, I mean, they cl- obviously clearly happened. It's just bizarre. I think it was supposed did. to be a three or five year deal and they only got two years in and then said, <laughs> no thanks. So, this is, but we always get on, we always get on Baltimore for not hosting anything and they tried, they tried. This was just the wrong thing to host. There's no, <laughs> the second article, why the Grand Prix failed. <laughs> this oh, is, no. the- this is why, yeah, the pictures of them right in front of Pickles, right behind Camden Yards. So it's, bizarre. It's yeah. so unbelievably bizarre. Mm. Just right on Light Street. <laughs> Freaking IndyCar. Who won these races? Baltimore Grand Prix. Oh, I have a map. The map of it. 
Um, But yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously year to year, it's the preness. It would be nice. And we, we talked about this and we'll get into just a quick preness talk. A PGA event feels like the thing that Baltimore could really hang its hat on year after year. Yeah. I wish that was a thing. Like the BMW attendance was good. I heard that there were more people than people expected considering the weather at Potomac, but I don't know if you can confirm that, Banks. That's just what I heard from a couple. I don't know that for sure one way or another, but that could, so that um, could be totally wrong. But the players, the players came away raving about the golf course. I mean, most of them hadn't yeah. seen it before, but they were amazed at the fact that the course held up given all the rain they had that week. I also, by the way, you're, you're three, you're three winners of the Baltimore of the Grand Prix of Baltimore. Will Power. Oh, I know that name. That is a yep. Ryan Hunter Ray and Simon Pagano. Mm, Simon so. sounds kind of familiar, but also just sounds like someone who could play defenseman for the Islanders. So <laughs> they also ran three American Le Mans series races uh, during that, and th- and support races: the Indy Lights, um, the Star Mazda Championships, and the USF 2000. So huge weeks in Baltimore. Everybody remembers that controversy. There's a controversy section on the Wikipedia. Along with the closing of the commercial center of downtown Baltimore for track preparation, trees were removed from cities streets, spawning a court case. Of course, Baltimore Brew identified $42,000 in campaign contributions over the preceding four years to mayor Stephanie Rawlings Blake and other political officials from investors and businesses that stood to gain from the race. What a fucking shocker. The wire, the wire season six. Yeah. <laughs> wire season six, the grand Prix. Yeah. Where'd our tree money go? Stephanie. <laughs> What a scene. And then the organized, yeah, Baltimore Racing Development was $3 million in debt, terminated the contract. India Racing tried to find a new organizer. So, yeah, race is out. Uh, Preakness, fun times. Looks like it's going to be hot. And oh no God. rich strike, which is awful. I mean, what are we doing? They have got to figure out a way that if you win the Kentucky Derby, you have to run the next week. That is insane. They have the to figure something out. They should let you – they should – you should have to opt in or you only get half of the prize money from the Derby or something like that. It should just be part of the package. Aren't there only nine horses running? I think I saw. Maybe less than that. I thought I saw which, the draw in it. Which I, is I, kind I thought of I typical. Nine, Pre- Preakness is usually around 10 small, horses, yeah. maybe 12. Depends I think on it's just it. shocking from looking at the Derby where there was 20, 20, what? 21 horses, 20. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah. shit. Okay. Well, no, normally it feels like it's a situation. I could be totally talking out of turn here, but it feels like a situation where normally you have a Derby winner that's pretty highly regarded. And so horses will skip the Preakness, figuring that they can't come back and beat that horse and focus on the Belmont and try to win the Belmont with a little more rest. This year, I thought that with Rich Strike as the winner, um, you would have like more horses come and contend with Rich Strike because. Um, he's not as sought after a horse, and you did you do get Epicenter, so Epicenter is there, and he was the you know one of the three or four favorites at the Derby. So, um, maybe Epicenter will roll, and we'll see Epicenter win this leg and the next leg. That's very very possible. But um, do you have you figured out your previous ticket situation, Banks? You were you were you were venting on Twitter about it things. was a little. I mean, so I bought a, a package that got me both Friday and Saturday, because I wanted to go to both days. I want to go to Black Eyed Susan Day. I want to go to Preakness. And of course, I want a mug club for Preakness. So I got what was the silver package. What was unclear, what was not made clear to me, whatever, was the Friday ticket is only good for the concert and the infield. And you can only get into that 
at three o'clock. I mean, I was looking to get out there Friday at noon or one and watch some horses, drink some beer. Cause I, unlike, I think a lot of people, I actually like to watch the races and bet on the races and the music act is like kind of secondary to me. Um, just trying to catch some beers and some vibes. That's all. And apparently I can't get into the, the other thing until three, unless I go buy a grandstand ticket, which are like 80 bucks each. And it, but they're just completely just organized in terms of how they communicate that information. The website stinks. They make you download their betting app in order to even access your tickets, which I mean, it's a big gotcha move there. So um, I don't know. It's just, and if you want any sort of, and I'm, I'm saying this because my aunt had to go figure this out because she bought tickets to both the grandstand and the concert thinking that you couldn't do both whole big thing. Um, they don't even have anyone to answer to when you call in and try to fix your situation. They outsource it to like some California and their hours are on the West coast and you know, the tracks owned by a Canadian company. It's a whole like Preakness just doesn't belong to Baltimore or Maryland anymore. It's, it's frustrating. At least it's still even in the state at this point, considering all the threats to move it to different locations. In fact. Yeah, at least Laurel. Regardless, I'm going to go and have a fantastic time. Hopefully not die in the heat, um, which is very unlike Preakness. Usually it's a mud fest, which is fun in its own way. Um, I did look into, I'm not sure if I communicated this to you guys. I did look into the possibility to see if we could track down and get Kegasus on the podcast. And apparently the guy who played Kegasus has been sober for 20 years and uh, wants nothing to do with the character. So swing and a miss on that. Uh, good for trying real feel high. According to the official weather app of X 52, the AccuWeather app 99. Mm -hmm. 90. Yeah. Nine. Sheesh. Max wind gusts well. of 14. So maybe some nice wind, but <laughs> real feel shade high, 93. You can bet your bottom dollar that I'm going to be wearing dark color pants that day, not pants, shorts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No question about that. Got to. You know, you know what else you're going to be wearing? It's for you, Taylor. Alley -oop. What? Fed throw sunglasses. Oh, uh, I mean, I wanted to transition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You're gonna. Well, wait. If you just He's wait. He's running the show. Like, allow know, me to be I a professional. We could. I got. We. I could. have just gotten you there. Listen, I, I was saw gonna, a shot I was, and I took it. Yeah. Well, let's let's just fine. Let's just do it then. <laughs> Hope to see everybody out of Preakness this week. I was you know you know gonna talk about everyone's favorite thing to do at Preakness, but you know whatever. I'll move on. Well, well no. Let's talk about this. Eric, thoughts on Preakness? Yeah. What do you think about Preakness, Eric? It's not for me. Wow. Mm. Are you anti-horse racing or anti the overall environment? I mean, it's, no, Preakness is, I think, a really interesting discussion point in this, in, this, in this metro area because it's it, like for some people, it's something they do every single year and they're obsessed. For other people, it's like, ah, take it or leave, whatever. We, my, my group of friends never went, so it just never interests me. Like it was never I, – I get like people who want to go and have fun. It just, it was never, I was either always busy or like, again, my friend group, we just never really showed interest in like, Hey, let's all go to this. Let's, let's do this. And it was kind of just like, eh, doesn't, fair. doesn't do it for me, you know, but I know, I know it does it for other people, a lot of other people. So yeah, I got no problem involved. with it. Like I my, may have tweeted that I'd rather, no, I think that was, 
New Year's Eve. I think I said I'd rather go to Baghdad than Times Square on New Year's Eve. Maybe I said that about Preakness. I don't know. Oh, God. I don't I think feel so. like you've said something along those lines about the infield specifically. Maybe. But that's always like 10 minutes before the race and they show and it's like a downpour. And I'm like, that looks fucking. And it's like people just trudging through the mud. And I'm like, that looks not great. But if you go, go and have fun. I mean, again, it looks like an awesome time. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm not going to stop thank, you. I will thank not you for stop your permission. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Permission is now granted. Permission granted to go. There, there uh, was always something fun. So, I mean, my Preakness experience at this point in my life has probably evolved a bit, but there's something special about that early 20s where you get the ticket that, you know, you get on a bus at like Mother's or or Mad River is what it was back in the day. Um, and you just take a bus and you get booze on the bus and you get out there and then it's a whole scene trying to find the bus afterwards after you've had 15 beers in the month. Girls are, girls are crying. Phones are de- dead oh, and my lost. Goodness. And- so many phones. Oh, I had a let year. Me t- my let me tell you died. something. People, people are going to need to hydrate at this. Yeah. Time because people be are going to be going down with the amount of drinking going on. Like this is, this heat is going to be people. Look, this is going to make me sound like an old man. Prepare for the heat. Like this is going to be no joke. No joke. Uh, standing out. I may I may pack um, liquid IVs and just just mainline them. Just open the packet and straight down the gullet, like it's like it's pick some sticks. Not a horrible idea. Mm, you gotta do what you gotta idea. do. One hundred percent. All right. Uh, one of the things you can do to you know kind of keep the heat off you, you know, kind of shade it away, is put on Fed Thrill sunglasses. <laughs> See, that's RDT. That's how you do it. 20% off Fed Thrill. Use the promo code X52. Uh, if you don't get them before this weekend, you're going to Prudence. I don't know what you're doing. You should have your Fed Thrillies on 1,000%. So make sure to do that. This is the kind of uh, event where there may even be a Fed Thrill stand. Sure, we should probably check. I'm, I'm going to check yeah. in with Tyler about that. Yeah. If you can get that answer before the end of the show, mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll throw that out there. And if not, we'll, we'll make sure to tweet about it and, and go up and, uh, and visit our great sponsor. Um, we talked about Adley Rushman's uh, potential Rushman. I just called him Rushman. Rushman's uh, debut coming up here. But uh, it could be as early as Friday. So our starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill this week is favorite and best debuts. Debuts. Um, and maybe Adley will be you know, one that eventually makes this list, but he has not debuted yet. Uh, Banks, you have the first pick. RDT, you have the second pick. I have the double pick. Starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Mr. Brian Banks Black. I didn't know I had the first pick. I also did very little prep on this. I'm just going to shoot from the hip. I'm going to take Ovi's debut. Uh, I was very excited when we won that draft uh, lottery. Um, had to wait an entire year because there was a lockout. And he came out and scored two goals against the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Ovechkin debuted that night as well. Um, fun little wrinkle there. Uh, I always just remember that, especially that one-timer he had from the slot to score in that game. So that was a highly anticipated one for me. I realized a lot of people had no idea hockey existed at that point in time and jumped on later, but it is what it is. Um, I'm taking that one first for me. Good pick. Yep. Yep. Um, I'm going to take the Maryland flag jerseys. 32, 24. Wow. Randy. Pretty good pick there. That was like a Maryland football is back. They're back. Like 
Daniel Return Bryan. That pick six, Cam. I was Return talking it. Heisman <laughs> after that game. Randy Edsel yelling at Cam Chisholm. Yep. We have we have we, this this actually game may have been brought up another draft and not to cut you off. We have a like full. We're going through, we're like doing an office move right now, and we found like a full like clip package of all of the articles written about the jerseys after mm-hmm. that game. It was like giant national news. It I had kind massive. of forgotten the extent. Like LeBron tweeted about it. Mm-hmm. You would have had a field day with that. If social oh my media god! Now. There's I was going through it. There's so much stuff. You so. should do like a throwback. Like here's what yeah. I would have tweeted on this day ten years ago. God, if Twitter what it was, if Twitter, if Team Twitter's were what they were now, we would have had a time and a half. That's a good pick though. There, there's the picture. Did you watch? Were you at that game? No, no, no. I was at a crab feast and I was watching it. But I did get the sucks to be you shirt. I still have that upstairs. I, I rock that um, decent amount of the time. But there's a picture of Matt Robinson with his arms out. That was like that was used all over. That was like in Yahoo. That was on ESPN. And then there's like a picture of Kenny Tate. There's a bunch of the the stills. And again, I mean that that game was like Joe Volano fumble recovery for a touchdown. Very yep, notable. Yeah. AJ Francis was in the pictures. Like there was, a, I mean, the names on that team were great, but yeah, that and like pouring down rain and Al Golden in his suit, just like drenched. <laughs> like that was, that was too, like you talk about two lame duck coaches, just like, what are you guys, what are you idiots? By the way, doing? two lame duck coaches, both in their first games at those yeah. respective schools. Yeah, absolutely. And like, how the hell did Maryland get that, get that game? Like, it was a weird game. That was a Memorial Day game. Or they were coming Day? off a nine Day. four season. That's true. But like, yeah, I don't know. Still I don't know. Weird scheduling. They had like coach. an ESPN studio, um, like Reese Davis and a couple, like they were in the, they, they were in the venue. I was yeah, there. Like, a, why, like, I was there as a student. I, were you there as a student black? Yeah, no, I was just the opening the game section. of my sophomore year. So yeah. I remember being in the stadium after having of the healthy, some healthy consumption down in Leonardtown before walking my way up there. And uh, yeah, Twitter existed, which is what I think you had said. I Sorry, I spaced out. I was figuring out the whole uh, Fed thrill preakness situation there. Um, there was just no inkling or inclination that they were going to come out in those uniforms. They warmed up in different uniforms. They warmed mm-hmm. up in the shelmets. They warmed up in yeah. the shelmets. So the they whole thing was they, something they, completely different. They rebranded all the uniforms that year, and they had like 16,000 combinations, and one of the helmet was the Shelmet, which was not met with a lot of love. But yeah. I thought it was all right. No, I, like I, them all. I, I don't I didn't hate it either. I'm kind of, you know, yeah. Ambivalent. But they came out with that and the, the intro and everything. They had a great video lined up, and it was it was very much like a what is going on right now? This is what what's happening. And then it just suddenly felt like there's no way we lose. It's it's also funny because like there's no like I'm just imagining us debuting a uniform like we've debuted the turf script and all those things and you talk about it and it's a way to like you know sell merch and like get buzz going so we would just never do that a super and they, you know I guess I could go find out the story of this considering this is my employer but an incredibly interesting way to debut a uniform to not show it until you run out of the tunnel for the first time or for the last time going into the game, like super fascinating. Like if we had done that now, we would have done like four videos, photo shoots, merch line before the game, blah, 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 blah. Like all week would have, 
but may I don't know what the maybe they didn't have the uniforms. For, I'd have to I might have to go back and find that story. There's like a, probably a good like ten year retrospective to be written about that game. Mm-hmm. It's been past ten years, but you know you know what I mean. Jesus, um, that's a good pick. I didn't see that coming. Uh, I'm gonna take this. I think is a pretty easy one for me to go with. Um, a recent debut. Um, the debut of Olivia Isabel Rodrigo and her album Sour and her debut single Driver's License. Her entire debut as a musician. I mean, let's be honest. It's the biggest debut for a musician in years. And the princess of pop behind the queen of music, Taylor Swift, the princess of music, Olivia. I have to take her. I have to take her. Have to. So. Yeah, that's on brand. I didn't think you would take it that high. I couldn't risk losing it, to be honest. I just simply could not. Just to let you guys know. She was named the entertainer of the year, her debut year. And she was just named the woman of the year in 2022 woman of the year. She should have just been human of the year, but I guess billboard has to be sexist, <laughs> whatever. It's fine. So conversation for another day conversation. For another, I mean, we can have it right now if you want, but we don't have to uh, let's see where, where to go to number one, the U S Australia, Canada, Denmark, Ireland, Norway, New Zealand, Sweden, the UK, whatever. No big deal. Driver's license also number one in all those countries. Good for you, also number one in all those countries. With my next pick, uh, I'm going to take the best debut in WWE history, Y2J, Chris Jericho. The countdown clock, epic in the early 2000s. Debuted in the segment against The Rock. Fucking awesome, Chris Jericho. Just go, I'm just going to get my guys in this draft. You guys probably wouldn't have taken that, but I'm going to get my guys. I'm taking Y2J. That's an awesome YouTube video. Very rewatchable. And then ended up winning the WWE uh, title within the next like two or three years there. But amazing segment. RDT. I'm trying to see if I bet no one's ever taken Olivia Rodrigo and Chris Jericho in the same draft. (laughs) Um, I'll go. I'll go a little more traditional. I'll go Manny Machado's debut. Mm, it was on my list. Yeah, that was a that was a fun one. Um, for some reason, well, I know the reason. We had already bought like a group of like ten or fifteen tickets, like me and a bunch of friends, because it was Way in Chen T-shirt night, of course. Um, so we went to get our Way in Chen T-shirts, but the night before, Lauren and I, I think we're in. I think it was Dark Knight, Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises, one of them. I think it was Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises, I think. That yeah. So I I had my phone off. And I get out of the movie and I looked at, you know, I look at my phone, I turn it on and I have like 35 text messages. And it was just like, Manny, Manny's coming up, Manny's coming up, Manny's coming up. And so we were all stoked again. Like we had already had our tickets. It was one of the, the games where like, I think we got to the parking garage at like four thirty, five o'clock. And we were just boozing hard until the game time went in, sat in center field, saw his triple. And that's when we were just like, holy shit, this guy, like the real deal. Obviously, the second game is when I think he hit two home runs or he hit a home, yeah two home runs, um, but the triple again just like his the way the way that they announced him the night before again you know like they should have with the little little dramatic flair um, and yeah getting the way in Chen T-shirt I mean what's not to like about that plus again we just got to see Manny and it was a lot of fun so 
I'm trying to filibuster here. You can filibuster all you want. <laughs> I'm here. I barely even know him. Good pick. The Manny Machado debut was was a big moment. And, and again, and it's such also, a fun, and, and it's such a fun year. It was just a really the, the whole thing. That with fun. with everything else, again, it was kind of like, all right, we're going for it now. Like, oh, he's never played third base before. Doesn't matter. Guess what? He's gonna be fucking awesome. By the way, in RDT, I'm a little surprised, and maybe I've missed it. You haven't gone on more Manny Machado victory laps. He is having an amazing start. I wrote a blog season. last week that says it's time to talk uh, about Manny Machado being the NL MVP. Like, I missed that. The there NL. you go. I knew you'd have it. I knew you'd have it. I, Slash, I, slashing 359, 443, 586 right now. He He's going to be the, he's going to get 3,000 hits. He's on pace for three, for 3K. He's going to get the 1500 this year. He's definitely going to get to 1500 this year. He's at 1471. Yeah, he, he may get to that by the end of the month. No, he won't. But 46 hits leads, leads baseball. He's good. He's good. Thanks. Um, I'm going to take, and I'm taking this because I went to it and it, it stood out to me. And then everything that happened after was, that's part of, I think, a great debut is it, it sparks nostalgia. So I'm going to take Buck Showalter's debut. I don't, I don't know what the day was. I don't know who they played. I don't know, but I remember I made it a point when they brought him in that I was going to go see the Orioles and I was just going to go feel the excitement that Buck Showalter was just more so that we had hired a legitimate manager. Cause you know, after Davey Johnson, we kind of cycled through a bunch of just Glorified wow. third base coaches and bench coaches. You know, Mike Hargrove had a little bit of a reputation, but everybody else, I mean, your Ray Millers, he was just a pitching coach that, you know, Sam Perlazzo, Sam Perlazzo, and yeah, just Juan Samuel. He was in the interim, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, just nobody really got you going, but Buck Showalter was a guy who was maybe a buster. Um, he brought some some real excitement for me at least, and I feel like that sparked the turning of the tide for that little era that we had there. I I agree. I I remember, and again, I'm I'm with you. I remember being at a party and watching his first game. Like we turned on a TV at Steve Cameron's house in like his living room and just watched the game, like chugging beers, and because it was Buck's debut. So yeah, I remember. I also, this is one of my famous, I was on the wrong side of this take. I wanted Bobby Valentine over Buck, like hard. I did not want Buck. I just wanted Bobby Valentine more. So thank God nobody listens to me when it comes to baseball stuff. Wraparound pick here. I am going to take Jamal Lewis's rookie campaign. Are we cool with that pick? Yeah. Cool with just a, a, a debut yep. season. Yep. That's what I'm taking. Fifth overall pick out of Tennessee. Um, we had Priest Holmes. Priest Holmes took a back seat. Jamal Lewis took the rock. Um, pretty much between him and Shannon Sharp carried that offense uh, to what it needed to do. And I think if we didn't have an efficient running game there with some great offensive linemen, um, you know, as great as that defense was, we needed a little something on the offensive side of the ball, and the rookie running back was a big difference there. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, 
I am going to go Kanye and college dropout. Mm. Good pick. Good pick. That's I was debating on. I was debating on that second. I I think I thought I could get this, but the whole. I mean, I I was thinking about just going with through the wire, but graduation day as a whole is just awesome. It was on my radar. Graduation day all falls down. Jesus walks. Um, I think Jesus walks stinks. Just I love Jesus walks. Because the devil's gonna break me down. I think it's a. I love that song. The remix is that the remix with Jay Z too. Is that that one? Jesus or no? That's Diamonds from Sierra Leone. With me Um, also previewed much of his music about a decade or so later yeah which now he's awful with the entire christian album yeah whatever awful uh new workout plans slow jams um slow jams not talked about enough slow jams is a banger yeah yeah some marvin Gaye, some luther van draws i'm done it's a banger again the jesus walks remix on the bonus city with mace and common are you kidding me mace and common kanye the new workout i mean the, the workout plan is just that song is great too. It's fantastic. So yeah, college drop, college dropout. Again, I was such a big Kanye fan early on. Everything ever since my beautiful dark twisted fantasy has been awful. Don't talk to me about Donda or or any of that shit. Can't do it. Can't do it. Won't do it. Good pick. Thank you. I mean. Man, I don't really know where to. I mean, I have so many things I want to take. So many things I want to take. I, I, I'm taking. I'm taking the Friday Night Lights pilot. I. I don't know if I've ever been so affected by a, the debut of a TV show. There's. I have a lot of TV shows on my list actually, but just like the first, like that initial like start to the episode, even just like I could almost like take the first ten minutes like leading into where they first play the intro song. Such a good episode of TV. Just an amazing debut for like a sports show. There are not a lot of sports shows that work on TV. And this show is just so good. So I'm taking, I'm just building my team. I'm just building a team that's very, very, very affected by me. Well, that's, that's the point of this. Well, sometimes, you know, you have to <laughs> Friday Night Lights. Such a good pilot. Such a good debut. Oh, I'm taking that first. Did you guys not, did you guys watch Friday Night Lights? Yeah. I had it spoiled for me like very early on when I was oh, watching. Like my buddy no. just legitimately told me how everything ends and everything. And I was like, all right, well, the, you've just completely turned me off to it. I don't even think it's that much of a show where it's like. No, but I, waiting I, with bated breath on a single storyline. It's just no, but, ball but, of being roller coaster of storylines. So. I was just like, I, I just like, I, I would prefer not to know like anything else. And he just dropped it all on me. And I was like, okay, well, thank you for that. So. I've heard it's really good, I you know, but I've just never, never seen it. With my next pick, I'm taking Taylor Swift's debut album. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so good. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. There's just, there's, there's nothing sticky about this draft. This draft is just things I would want on an island. And right now that's Chris Jericho, Olivia Rodrigo, Taylor Swift, and Friday Night Lights. <laughs> Taylor Swift debut. I don't really know what I need to say. Teardrops, Tim McGraw, some really good deep cuts. Tremendous. You big Scooter Braun guy? Oh, okay. Okay. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you're not doing sounds, that. Sounds you're not doing that. Are, but... 
you're not you guys are not poising the well with that that's uh, that's just a bad troll i'm not getting as frustrated as i sound scooter Braun guy i will say scooter Braun manages one of my girls ariana and i love the beeps but fucking scooter rdt i don't need to say anymore i don't i'm not even gonna I, i'm not addressing any that anymore chicken selects from mcdonald's <laughs> I like when that chicken selects came out huge buddy uh, buddy huge I mean, that's that honey time. mustard bro with with the uh, I I went Kid buffalo May? I went buffalo. Ooh, interesting. Those okay. sauces were different. They were. Oh, I do. I don't not know like what the they did with they those sauces. I don't know what they did with those sauces for the chicken selects, but they clearly upgraded it from their normal sauces. They 100%. did something different. Yep, it was the it was a premium sauce, which I would pay extra for the premium sauce right now. By the way, do they even have chicken selects anymore? No. Why? No. I don't know. They need to bring them back again. It's it was, I I I ate a billion of those things. Like, it was like right around when I got my license. That's a great. We would just drive to McDonald's on All Saints and I, you know, four piece chicken selects until until I was out of money. The the best, the best. I don't know why they got rid of them, where they went, what they're doing with that meat. I need them. I need them back in the worst way. So, chicken selects. I mean, chicken selects were just so good. Unbelievable! Like the season, they really were the skin, the, oh, the the crunchiness. Oh my god, so good! I think so Wendy's good. had some fantastic tenders at the same time. And it was the chicken tender wars was a great benefit for all of us. What do you know? What year that was? Was that like two thousand five? Four five. That's what yeah. I was gonna guess. Two thousand five ish. Because again, it's like right when me and my friends were getting our license, or we were like friends with older kids who had their license and you know, Hey, we're going to go run and get chicken selects. And it was like, oh, Holy shit. Like, all right. Yeah. 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 Let's do it. How does, how do they then like seven years later do the mighty wings? How do they not just bring the chicken selects back? Yeah. Chicken selects were terminated in 2013. The product brief, briefly returned in 2015, but it was again dropped in August, 20, 2017 chicken selects returned to the menu under the name buttermilk crispy tenders. However, they were removed again in 2020 as a result of the limited menu in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, so also, go buttermilk tenders is sweaty. What is this, KFC? Yeah, don't, don't. Just call them chicken selects. Yeah, chicken selects all the way. Freaking don't, McDonald's. This is, I mean, this is why society is falling That's apart. the definition of like, don't overthink something. You're getting too cute. Chicken selects. They're the selects of the chicken. They're they're the chiefs on the goal line. Buttermilk tenders. You don't need to hike it to Travis Kelsey and have him turn around. Just fucking line up and give it to him out of the backfield and give us our chicken selects. God, I can't. I don't know if this pick put me in a good mood or a bad mood. I got to be honest. So here you go. This said they were. Now introduced- I just want to drive to Ocean City this year and get some chicken selects. I can't. They were introduced in early 1998 for a limited time and offered again in early 02 and late in 03 and then permanently starting in 04. Oh two, oh three, oh four. That sounds very yeah, right. So they they blew, they teased us. So two, oh three, oh four. But those boom. sauces, though. Yeah, they were good. I'm like clapping on into my mic. <laughs> good pick. Thank you. You're having a nice draft, RDT. This is a real change for you. Wait, watch, watch how I fucked this one up. <laughs> I think I've good picked every pick. Thanks with two now. Thanks with two. Finishes his draft. Thanks with two. 
I just had one right in my crosshairs and I had forgotten it for the time being. Give me a second I want here. Some chicken. I want some chicken. I know. Slab. We I keep swear, talking. Man. We can keep talking chicken selects. Oh, I'm going to take uh, the first season of Eastbound and Down. Mm. I think it's the one, maybe the funniest season of television in television history. And I think that it could be almost considered its own movie. Um, I just, Ashley Schaefer is one of the great characters of all time. Maybe Will Ferrell's best character. Um, and Danny McBride and Craig Robinson are both awesome as well. Clegg, whole gang, awesome through and through. Just an incredible season. I don't know how much you guys have watched or can really dish on it, but I mean, that's just that, that season stands out to me so much. I mean, that not even just as like a debut season, like that season in general is like one of the best seasons of TV yeah. ever, ever. So funny. It's, it's one of the most quotable and it's not that long. How many episodes? It's gotta be like what? Seven or eight. Like Maybe. I don't know. That feels a little short. I don't know, but it's, yeah, it's up there. It's, it's definitely up there for me. So that's a, that's a hell of a pick. And then lastly, May 1st, 1999, where am I going with this boys? This was something that I saw commercials for, and it was the first time I've really seen something new like this marketed in a way. And it was also very exciting. And I actually anticipated the release of this as it approached may 1st 1999 any guesses you want to take um Jeepers. may 1st 99 um god i don't know moonshoes tra- yeah i was gonna say something like a toy but i i can't think of something that or like a video game i just can't think of anything that comes to mind n64 too early, too late. Yeah, yeah, too late. Too I think late. too late, right? Yeah. Damn. Go ahead. I don't know. I am taking one SpongeBob SquarePants debut. That show. Ooh. I don't think I don't I remember seen... the hype, but it's a good debut episode. I remember there being commercials, and I'm like, this looks funny. This looks good. This is going to be a good little cartoon here. And boy, did it deliver in a big way. I mean, I, I, SpongeBob's unassailable for me. So I, I can only agree. <laughs> Unassailable. Yeah. It's so freaking good in every way. Especially the first handful of seasons. Incredible. Incredible. We've talked about this on the podcast. You and I watched like 100 straight episodes in our city a couple of years ago. Of, of SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. Incredible. It's maybe the most memeable show of all time, too. It is. Yeah. 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 No doubt. Agree. Hard agree. Hard agree. All righty. This, this one is me now, right? All right, yeah. Let's, let's see. Let's fuck it up, Eric. No, no, no. Let me see. I, I want to look up the exact. He might go five for five here. This is shocking. Yeah, I'm. I if you admit, hit this, this I'm is... willing to admit I've lost the draft. Honestly. I think this is the draft prep. This I prepared. No, this to kind of here, just to be honest, just came to me out of the blue. Out of my ass. Chicken selects is really one of the best picks in the history it's of the a, draft. It's a really good pick. It's funny. That's not even the first. Uh, it wasn't even the, my first food pick. But here you go. This this one. May 6th, 2012. What happened on that day? Uh, I don't I, know. Like Slim Jim made a, a Yeah, double, if you like do something bigger... like that, I'm going to be so mad. Chris Davis made his pitching debut. 
Ah, uh, yeah. Fuck. That was no. That was <laughs> a fun right. game. That was a good. That, that was, was a great very, game. A very. Yeah. Fun it was game. a great game. It was entered a great in game. the 16th inning after Buck had put in eight pitchers. Like everything about it, the the relay with Weeders flashing the glove and like everything about it was great. Him striking out, I think uh, it wasn't Carl Crawford. Who was it? I forget who. He struck out someone, but that was again that 2012 year. There was something. It was fun. There there was there was something about it. And Davis Davis coming in and like that's that that highlight package is still just an all time highlight package. It's very funny. So. I will take Chris Davis on the mound in Boston getting his first career win. So, yeah, I mean that was that was a, that was an awesome game. The Orioles don't have enough games like that anymore. Um oh, there's a lot of things on my list here. But I think I'm trying to find the date here before I say this so I can sort of give a little um context behind this bah, 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 bah. doing some typing should have had this open already um i'm gonna take uh something that i was very excited for and got a lot of commercial hype as well i'm taking the ipod mini ipod mini mm. was badass it was sick i got the gold one and the gold one was awesome and they had all the commercials for it and i got it for christmas and it delivered and it's that the iPod is one of like the things that has just totally changed our world because it devolved to the iPhone, which not everybody has, but taking the iPod mini. RIP to the iPod too. Yeah, so. iPod's dead. It very, very, yeah, very, very topical. iPod is now dead. So right. iPod mini. Never had the first ori- the original iPod. Always thought it was sick. The people that had them, they were like super expensive. You could just hear them um, like clicking around like when they would scroll, like the, the, yeah. the little. But man, the first generation of iPod mini. Sick. Really fun thing to have. What was your guys' first iPads? iPods, excuse me. I think it was that many. iPod video. Ooh, you had the video first. The black, you had the black one? Yeah, I didn't have one before that. So I had the black one. Also, I had an iPod video. Remember downloading episodes of the ill-fated ABC drama Commander-in-Chief on my iPod. (laughs) Keena Davis. (laughs) That's right. Season season three of... Season five of Family Guy. I was gonna say Family Guy. We had we had a kid in weight training who would just play Family Guy on his iPad video. <laughs> well, you guys were watching Family Guy. I downloaded season three uh, after watching with my mom of Project Runway. Tremendous show. <laughs> I want to go back to my old iTunes. That would be a fun thing to go back and look at the old videos you like downloaded onto your iTunes. I have some bizarre. Sh- I have so much Colbert report from like <laughs> 2006, 2007, 2008 as the Baltimore's finest drive past my house here. Um, that show was so good at that. And the daily show that showed those shows were so good around that time, but whatever. Uh, Bank stakes, Alex Ovechkin, Buck Walter, Jamal Lewis, Eastbound and down and SpongeBob SquarePants, RDT and a great draft takes the Maryland flag jerseys. I just didn't expect any of your picks except for Manny Machado. Manny Machado, um, Kanye West College dropout, Chicken Selects really would be a Hall of Fame um, X-52 draft pick. And Chris Davis pitching. I took Olivia Rodrigo, Chris Jericho, a lot of O, O. Um, Taylor Swift's debut album, uh, Friday Night Lights, and the iPod Mini. Uh, some of my honorable mentions, Ichiro. Ooh. Mm, I thought I had uh, that. <clears throat> 
Um, Jin Su Choi's 20 points against Northwood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brock Lesnar's WWE debut, The Shield's WWE, WWE debut, uh, Jesus' birth. Uh, Kesha, t- oh. but I didn't want to take, yeah, I didn't want to take Jesus again. I, I think that shtick's kind of done. Um, Kesha's debut, do you guys know which Kesha's debut single was? Wasn't TikTok. Was TikTok. Was TikTok. It? Rihanna's debut single. Do you guys have this one? Oh, uh, that was um, on the floor. Pande replay. Pande replay. Pande yeah. replay. That's yeah. what it is. I'm Absolutely thinking of a song. <laughs> Billy Eilish's o- Billy Eilish's Ocean Eyes, which is an amazing song. That's her debut. And then Austin Matthews scored four goals, I believe, in his first. I had him on my list. So yeah, yeah, I, I saw that's, that. That was the quick Google. Yeah, the Google come up on that. Yeah, uh, Wilts, and then you Google that, and then you're like, "Wow, that was fucking crazy." I remember when that happened. Yeah, Wilt going 43 and 28 in his debut. How can we forget? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Cammy Yard's debut should have been picked, probably. Sure. Could have been, yeah. Um, I had, I put this on my list after Banks hit Arrested Development, or after he said he spent it down. Arrested Development's first season. It is just again one of my favorite seasons hmm. of TV ever. Some of just I think it's just so good all the way through that, or at least the original. Yeah, yeah, the know. Netflix seasons or whatever. But like the first eight episodes of that are some of the the hardest I've ever laughed watching TV. Hmm. Just hit after hit. I mean, the, this the funniest stuff. Um, John Wall doing the Dougie. That was just yes. fucking cool. That I also thought yeah, that was really cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, that I forgot about that. Like, that was a good like one. A Every, everything about it was perfect. Like that camera angle that was like down low. You could hear the announcer perfect. Like it the felt music. like he was gonna be like a 40 time all-star after that. Yeah, he was a hell of a player. I mean, he's he was he's arguably the one of the wizards bullets best players ever. Like he has to be in that right. conversation. Definitely very, very top. Good. I, um, I had probably I had the Popeye's chicken sandwich. But then I was like, no, chicken selects over this. So Popeye's chicken sandwich led me to the select. I was just thinking I love of the like, chicken selects pick way more. The Popeye's chicken sandwich felt overhyped. Well, it was yeah. just the hype. And that's yeah, the selects would have had the hype if they got in now. After you said the selects, like the McFlurry also could have played. Yeah. That was big time. Um, I thought about some of the Gatorade, like Gatorade X Factor. I remember that when that came oh out. Oh my gosh. The, yeah, X Factor. I drank lemon lime strawberries. I think still lemon lime fruit punch. So it is the goat. It's the unbelievable. Goat. I would love to find some of that. that would they be like still exist in some sort of Costco pack. They can't be the same. They can't taste the same. They're the There's same. There's no way they taste. There's no. This yeah, is as of like There's three, no three four years ago. But we should do a deep dive for some of that. We should do a deep dive. We should. Maybe we should do Gatorade flavors. Speaking of that yeah. too, pro- Propel. When that lemon Propel came out, I must have drank <laughs> gallons of that by the day. You like, were a big lemon guy. Oh my god, lemon that lemon Propel, propel is I'm, awesome. I regular. It's been. They still been have Propel. Less than forty-eight oh, no. hours since I've had a strawberry kiwi Propel. It oh, is there in. Propel. There we go. It is in my gas station stop rotation. I gotta, I, gotta, I, gotta I don't think about buying Propel it's ever. The the Monster Energy Water that I drink, the blue one, because I'm just a sucker for blue raspberry type stuff. And then it's uh, the Kiwi Strawberry Propel. I, I don't pers- I don't personally like this, but I put Natter Days on there. Ooh, <laughs> I, I do like Natter Days. I still haven't tried the red, white, and blue one. Me neither, but they had a Natter Day. We were at uh we had a um 
staff outing uh, playing kickball. And then we, we went to Looney's was the same day as the senior bar crawl. They had a like separate Natter days bar at um, in the back of Looney's was tremendous. Mm. Not that I was using it, but they had it. I got out of there as soon as the chilling started rolling in. I was a lot of my league, a lot of my depth. Uh-huh. At that point, need to let the kids be the kids. Yeah, let them let the children's play. Um, yeah. LeBron, 25-9, 6 I'm uh, shocked you didn't pick that. And I, you know yeah. what, you know what's I, I think why I liked your honest. draft, Eric, is I expected to just get jump all over your LeBron pick, and I never got the opportunity. It's really good drafting by you. No, yeah. Again, I call it how I see it. It was a good debut, it wasn't one of my favorite ones. Because I also wasn't a diehard LeBron guy then. Like, I was yeah. like, oh, this guy's going to be good. My love. That was an incredibly big deal. I remember when that. Oh, yeah, it was massive. Against the Kings, that was a huge deal. Massive. He had that dunk. Yep. And um, Mr. Brightside, the Killers. That is your debut single, is. Mm. I know Banks is not a Killers guy, but. No. That's, I mean, that song, it just. I I also had Appetite for Destruction on my list. Debut album by Guns N' Roses. Really, Mm. their only good music that they made whatsoever. (laughs) So. I had uh, Strasburg 14 Ks, two runs against the Pirates. That is one that just like that jumps out as if we were just being objective here and just mm-hmm. taking like iconic debuts. That is very high, I think. I went with my dad to a bar to watch that. My dad doesn't drink. My dad doesn't like he doesn't like the Nats. He doesn't watch the Nats. He was like, I want to go out and watch this game. And we went out and sat at a bar and watched it. We sat at Pub Dog in Columbia and watched it. And it was <laughs> awesome. So sick. And then um, my last one, I had uh, Cameron Diaz in the mask. It was a debut? Yeah. Wow. Are you that. kidding me? Decent. Cameron Diaz had a run. That is decent. The mask is, again, a very low. Quite a showing. Not even low key. It's a very funny movie. It's a good movie. Cameron Diaz retired from acting, I believe. Yeah, she's fucking married to Waldorf's finest, Benji Madden. Good Charlotte, baby. Wow. She's living the They're life in Waldorf. I don't know. Is she living in? I don't know what she's married to, but I think Nicole. They're from Waldorf, huh? Interesting. You guys want to hear the Wizards? This just came across my feed. We we're just talking about John Wall. Their first round pick since he was drafted. The NBA oh. draft lottery was tonight. You want to hear it? Jan Vesely, Chris Singleton, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter. No pick in 2014. Jerry and Grant traded for Kelly Oubre. Uh, 20, uh, no, no pick in 2016, no pick in 2017. Troy Brown Jr., Rui Hachimura, Denny. I can never pronounce Denny's last name. I'm not going to try. Corey Kispert. What a run of picks that is. Beal is the only hit. Awful. I saw, I saw someone had tweeted. At this like, point, I do like Denny, and I Kispert's okay. They're, they're last Hashimura, I'm, I'm souring a bit on Hashimura. So you, you're moving on from him? I don't know. I, the Wizards, I just, the Wizards just can only do so much to kind of tick me either way on the scale. They, they, <laughs> I, I can't find myself to get worked up about the Wizards at all. I can't. Remember when, we, remember when the Russell Westbrook trade happened? I think that was our longest <laughs> Wizards discussion ever in the history of the show. I think we talked about the Wizards for like 10 minutes. And it might be the only 10 minutes we've ever talked about the Wizards. I would like to talk about the Wizards, but no one here cares about them. And I barely care about them at this point. Talking about Jake Bass. Oh yeah, yeah. And I want to care. I just they just you know I watch them, but I you know all the whiz. Maybe they'll hit on a pick this year. Should be a good top of the draft. Wizards pick tenth. Whatever. Nick Cannon Medley, Maryland person of the week. 
RDT. I'm giving mine to Adam Jones, who wrote his retirement, kind of retirement, semi-retirement, leaving the door open thing in uh, the Players' Tribune. It was cool because when I originally saw it, it was in it was in Japanese. It was written in Japanese, and then it said, "Click here to read it in English." And it was just tell, talking about his time in Japan and COVID, and and you know playing overseas after being here for so long. And it was cool because he started off the article talking about how he was afraid when he was coming up, he was playing outfield with Ichiro and he was center fielder and center fielder and Ichiro was right. So he was afraid to call off Ichiro on balls that were his, but he was like, I was letting Ichiro get him because he's Ichiro and Ichiro like pulled him aside. and was like, dude, you're the center fielder. Like if you can get it, get it, call me off. And he was like, that kind of gave me the like, and he, that got me in the right mindset. And it just talked about his whole uh, MLB career playing in Japan afterwards. And again, he talked about like, if this is the end, you know, I'm glad I did it the way I did it. And I mean, I can't think of a more universally loved Oriole in the past, you know, since Cal and guys like that. I mean, he was, we talked a lot about the 2012 team and, and, you know, you talk about a trade that, that turned the team around before that 2012 season. Um, I mean, it's Adam. He was the heartbeat on and off the field. Um, and again, like he's still so universally loved, like people, people, I mean, they, they love him here. And again, rightfully so all the stuff he does off the field. Um, he's just the man. And yeah, again, if, if he is calling it a career, which it sounds like he was like nothing but a hat tip and a, and a pie in the face and a nice thank you because watching him night in and night out for what 11 years was some of the best baseball that we've seen in Baltimore. Cosign. Yep. Love Adam Jones. Thanks. I'm taking 30 for 30s. 30 for 30s are back. Uh, ESPN announced today that they're doing a 30 for 30 on the 2000 Baltimore Ravens. And I didn't realize how badly I needed it until they announced it. I absolutely need to hear from everybody on that team. Even Tony Sargus and his crazy, whatever rants that he goes on. Um, there's going to be a heavy, heavy angle, I'm sure, um, in terms of Ray Lewis and his background, all those types of things. And I actually, I'm actually hopeful that that will present a national audience an opportunity to look at the facts of that entire situation and not just if he got so distorted, like as his career progressed, where just the narrative that Ray Lewis is a murderer uh, just became a thing for so many Ravens haters and even the haters, like people who didn't necessarily hate the Ravens, but they just were annoyed by Ray Lewis's persona. They just globbed onto this whole Ray Lewis's murder thing. And I'm hoping that they can show how that process truly played out and what the facts of the case were and the fact that there wasn't even a murder um, as declared by the court. So anyways, um, we're talking Shannon Sharp, best trash talker in football history. Um Brian Billick and all his antics in the locker room and the Titan rivalry and all those types of things. It's just going to make for an awesome 30 for 30, I think, if they do it right. So. A lot of, as you said, potentially like amazing talkers there. You're going to potentially have a lineup of Ray Lewis, Brian Billick, Tony Saragusa, Shannon Sharp. I mean, if you go even a little deeper, like Quadra Ishmael is an interesting talker, like just a lot of guys that have personality and can get, talk you through a piece. Uh, which should be pretty interesting. I'm interested to see the angle they take, whether they sort of, you know, do like, you know, the bad boys of football 
like one of the last teams to really win with that type of identity in kind of comparison to what football I think kind of is now. Um, oh, Dilfer also a very good talker. So I would think he will be on in that piece for sure. How fast do you think Ray Lewis said yes to being like featured? so fast? Like, hi, Ray, this is blah, blah, blah for me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'll do it. It's like, oh, okay. Okay. I don't think they probably had to pull anyone's leg in that piece to do it. No, that's no. the other great thing about this is you got to think everyone was willing. I think I'm interested if they talked to like Ozzie Newsom, Ozzie Newsom gets interviewed in it. Yeah. That'd be interesting. It'd be cool if they talked to Bergantz or, you know, got some quotes from OJ Bergantz and his, you know, cause he was on, he was on that team. Yeah. He was a special team, right? Yep. Yep. That would be a cool feature if they kind of spotlighted him in there too. Obviously. I mean, he wasn't the main part, but he's one of the, you know, one of the names that we know around here, but yeah, that's, and t- Taylor, we were talking when you weren't here. Did Brian pick that in his things we want 30 for 30s on? We need you to do some homework. You don't need to do it now. It doesn't have to be now. Um, I'm trying to just remember. I'm not even really – I mean, I, I might have it here. I'm trying to remember just in the top of my on the top of my head. We've obviously drafted that team in multiple drafts. <laughs> um, it's going to be awesome. I, th- I was saying to someone at work today, like my favorite team of all time will probably forever be the 2002 Maryland Terrapins. But – Right there, right below him is the 2000 Ravens. Um, at least yeah, they're the point. team that sure. got me into football, like big into football. Like they just elevated that. And you could say that about this city as a whole, this generation of fans here in Baltimore, for sure. Yeah. I remember that we did the draft, like things Twitter should have been around for. Twitter would have been, that team would have been very fun on Twitter. The 2000 Ravens in terms of like, if those guys were actually on Twitter, um, God, we have so many drafts. I'm just scrolling as we continue to talk. We have so many freaking drafts. Oh no, this is I think this is I think the I think this might have been the documentaries one. Yeah. Cal Ripken, Sports Center, Ed Reed, Tony Hawk X Games, Steve McNair, Michael Phelps, Nadal Federer, Djokovic, Josh Hamilton, the boom of MMA, the history of darts. Boy, are those two Taylor Smythe picks. Good lord. <laughs> Doc Ellis, no hitter on LSD. Ricky Henderson, Wade Boggs fight. The 2004 Pistons and behind the scenes of the Olympics. A boring draft for me. Um, so, yeah, not picked, but can't wait. Should be fun. I think that could be have some really cool marketing. Some of the the quotables that are gonna be, or the clips are going to get pulled. It's going to be awesome. Um, my winner for the Nick Caner Medley Maryland person of the week Um well, first of all, I want to give a retroactive one. We didn't mention Max Homa last week, who's been on this show and won in the PGA tournament in Maryland the, at, at Avenel. Should have mentioned that. So he gets a retroactive <laughs> Dick Gennermanly Maryland person of the week. I don't know if we I don't know if we mentioned him. So I'm gonna throw him on there. I like there was um, another maybe, retroactive one. We, I, we maybe we missed. did. Maybe we did. I feel like I ended the show and I was like, oh, we forgot to mention Max Homa. Maybe we had, uh, but I just thought about that today. I should have gone back and listened, but I did not. Um Mine's going to two friends. I mean, the big booty mix was tremendous. Sure. So I, I have to, I, we obviously talked about the top of the show, but I, there's not many things I like feel like I have, except for in sports that I like have to watch the debut for. I will watch, I will watch every single debut as we're pumping it up again. I will watch every single debut of the big booty mix. Now I'm just, those guys were good guys and that stuff is fuego. So thank you to them for, for putting out a tremendous product. Again. Um, honorable mention for me real quick. Um, I gotta, I mean, you know, I'll do some home cooking. I gotta give it to my Terps right now. Maryland baseball is fuego. They just tied the 
um, single season wins record with 42. They're ninth in the RPI. They're probably going to host a regional. It's an unbelievable year by those guys. Shout out to the, the staff, Rob and Pap and Swoper and, and uh, Morrison. Those guys are doing an awesome job. So respect to them. Uh, men's lacrosse wagon, women's lacrosse wagon. Terps are hot in the spring. Um, I got two. Well, I'll morph it into one. Um, the exit 52 listeners who were coming up to me at Pickles in the Orioles game on Monday night. There were a couple of people. It was two kids, though. Alex, I think his name is Alex, came up to me at Pickles. And the first thing he said was like, love exit 52. Um, what the fuck was up with the banana Laffy Taffy pick? Bah, that's and a guy that gets it. I, um. I explained it to him and again i gave it my full reasoning which i still believe is a great pick um and then trevor who i met in center field and his girlfriend who i cannot remember her name she works for the orioles i want to say it was julia um she they were great they were very funny and again i I was telling you guys this before the, the we started recording but he was telling me how he said his favorite episode was the post game from the instant analysis from after the chiefs game where banks was stumbling around walking down the ramp hammered and it was very loud, and Taylor and I had to keep keep muting him because of yeah, it was so loud. All the just around sound, but he was saying how it's his favorite, and he listens to it. He drives from Ken Island to Baltimore um, to go to Orioles games, and he he says he listens to all of them. So I had a couple of people come up to me and tell me how much they like the podcast and stuff like that. So that's always neat, and we appreciate the the kind words and and um. Again, the listeners coming out and, and supporting us. And yeah, his girlfriend said um, she bought him one of the T-shirts for Christmas. So I was like very thankful for that because I said, that's probably a collector's item. There's not many of those out there. <laughs> and uh, so we're definitely appreciative of all the fans. But yeah, it's, it's always it's always nice and, and, and fun to meet people out who, who listen to the pod. So shout out to, I think his name was Alex. If it's not, I apologize. Shoot me a tweet and I'll, I'll retroactively... I'll give you a retroactive one next week for screwing up your mm. name. Chat to listeners. I had a listener DM me this week, Brooks, asking when we were going to drop the pod because he has a 12-hour road trip Wednesday. <laughs> so he's going to have this for the road trip. So shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you're far down the 12 hours once you're listening to this at this point. But our listeners are awesome. We we um like that is sort of like the reason you you like do a podcast. And I think that's super cool that those and and like people when they see us like come up and give us feedback make fun of rdt about his picks i mean that's really the that's really the thing that i know no i think i think you can't make fun of any of these picks yeah yeah um i'm trying to think did we i don't think we did i don't think we and, and i can tell you said banks you might have a pick thank you to everyone that voted for us for the podcast awards i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we recorded after that last week and it kind of like is all former together in my mind um we won podcast of the year, um, best podcast Twitter feed, best sports podcast. Um, I won best podcast host over, well, I guess I beat Brian with a Y Banks. I don't know how well, I beat that guy. No, Taylor. Oh, oh, sorry. Excuse me. Taylor Smith won. Taylor Excuse Smith me. Not me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I always do that to Taylor Smith. I always wrong him. Taylor Smith won podcast host of the year. But that's awesome. Like, I appreciate everyone that voted. We obviously had, like, my mom was like texting me how she was voting like every day. So shout out to her. But we obviously had our all actual listeners. I don't even know if my mom listens to this show um, voting. And that like means a lot. So appreciate everyone that voted for that. And um, I think I can speak for both of you guys. And we're trying to take this thing 
onward and upward as we continue to go. And that recognition only inspires us to do more of that. So. Mm -hmm. Correct. Um, I second all everything you guys just said. It's it's always great when people come up to us and and tell us how fucking awesome we are. I love love hearing that. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's just humble Banksy. That's just humble. Just a great. (laughs) Yeah. Honorable mention uh, to my guy Charlie for getting me out on Cage Valley this past weekend. Unbelievable experience. Loved every second of it. And shout out to our um, our caddies uh, Seth and uh, Chad. Seth, who had had uh, BJ Serhoff on the previous day, so still in the shout area. Out your, BJ. Shout, shout out to your shout out to your father. Him too. Yeah, he golfed. He was there. Yeah. He was there. <laughs> he golfed. <laughs> yep. Got got he got his way around all eighteen holes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're wearing your Caves hat. You're repping the brand. I am wearing my Caves hat. It's a very comfortable hat. There you go. We got to mm-hmm. get some XF52 hats like that. That would be kind of sweet. Yeah, I've actually, style. like, at one point in time, I looked into it. Like, I have a vision in my head of how I would want it to look. So we'll see if I can bring that, dive back into that and see if I can make something happen. There you go. We'll, 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 we'll get to that when we can. Uh, any other honorable mentions from you guys? I second the booty. Love the booty. Yeah. At, yeah. Assless Shout Jack out Matt and Eli. Because he's going to go down. Yeah. Shout out to Big Booty Man who has found that as origin. Um, they were not kidding, by the way, about this Big Booty universe. That is definitely coming to fruition based on what we saw this Saturday. So, Oh, real Shout quick. I have one last Fanny. one. Um, uh, honorable mention to to Aaron Boone for being absolutely butthurt about the Orioles wall. Quote, oh, my God, got booty. three. But build your own park. Got him there and left. Shut the fuck mm, up, Aaron. Booty. I kind of agree with him. You're, I kind of agree with him my and Aaron Judge are complaining about it after they won. Shut the already the here. wall stinks. I get do agree. Probably not the right time to complain. The, nobody likes the wall except for you. It kept the home run in tonight from Judge. They still won. Yeah, but Doesn't they almost did. What did it do? <laughs> <laughs> they would have lost by two instead of losing you know, by one. You know, if we'd won, we, we had Adley. We would have won. Freaking Elias. Damn it. Mm. I would have gone off about it, but hey, it did its job. I talked to a former. I talked to a pitcher who was formerly in the Orioles organization who had pitched at the major league level and said, "Quote, you want me to read the quote?" He said, "Sure." Do a lot of reporting these days. That's not more. It's it's. He said, and I quote, "Could have used that Great Wall of Baltimore a couple years ago." Crying, laughing face. (laughs) (laughs) And it was not um, Yimmy Jacobonis. It was not his name does not rhyme with that. Okay, love Jimmy. The Yankees are kind of a wagon, by the way. I already say they're peaking too early. That. Classic Yankees peaking too early. I agree. Yeah, go ahead. When when they're like twenty seven and nine. Yeah, they're. I'm gonna very much enjoy October when they fall oh, apart. It's if they're gonna hate Baltimore. That, week. There's no guarantee. Oh, you're not gonna be here for Baltimore week. I don't know if that's true. Maybe I thought you said a golf trip, something like that. Do we get a cup? Might be. Mm. I think it is. It's a big week. That's it for this week's episode of the X52 podcast. Once again, appreciate everyone that voted on the awards. Appreciate all the listeners. It is uh, so fun to do this show and appreciate everyone that supports us in, in all the ways they do. So very nice words shared uh, to all of us after you receive that stuff. Um, make sure to support all of our partners. Fed Thrill. Get the sunnies before the Preakness. 
promo code X52. Thread Little Midnight has your X52 merch. We got to get some new merch and push our merch a little bit better for those guys. Um, that's a that's one in the tickler file for the podcast. That's just us doing planning on the pod. Um, and Jimmy Seafood doing all the big things. Speaking of things that are doing play places that are doing big things, Jimmy Seafood always always. You got something Mar- to say? Mark Roberge was the lead singer OAR. Did a nice little acoustic set tonight for the folks lucky enough to be at the golf tournament tomorrow. He did it for the the dinner tonight. Pretty sick. Not very nice. Deal. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, follow Eric at e d i t t i twenty two. You can follow. Banks at Barcelona Banks. You follow myself at Touch by Tenny. Follow the podcast at Exit 52 Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for all the support. We will see you next time on the Exit 52 Podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood.